Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to another Candace Williams podcast. Tonight, I have the awesome Travis back again. Um, I really loved your opinions last week, and a lot of other people did too. Have you been? Thank Candace. I have been doing great, and thanks for inviting me back on. It's always a pleasure the first time, and I'm excited to be here again. <laughs> so, what is new in your world? Where do we start? Just been busy with projects. I know last time we talked about skydiving. Yes. I'm, yes. I actually am going to go skydiving next week. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, this time it'll be 13,000 feet and it'll be a solo dive. So it's going to be all new, all exciting. All by yourself. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. They have the uh, two instructors that jump out with you. So they kind of guide you down. At least this this was the video that I was watching, so I, I don't know specifically how it's going to go, but they basically said two instructors will dive out with you, and then they'll kind of stabilize you as you free fall, but then you get to pull your own parachute cord and or the rip cord, your parachute goes out, and then you're soloing all the way down to the landing pad. So oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why so soon? It's, uh, I'm excited. Like so, yeah. It, it's some it's something I've I just like doing and it's been too long. <laughs> what are you feeling up there? Like what just drives you to going back to do it again? Mostly clarity. I think people generally find things that are it makes them excited. Makes them or I should say it allows them to take a deep breath in life. And surprisingly for me, just doing extreme things hits that hits that chord right <laughs> it strums it just right and um i know that just jumping out of a plane won't bring you the most clarity but there has to be something like when you say clarity do you feel peaceful like do you feel silent yeah yes yeah i think everyone has their the way I look at it is everyone has their speed. I meet a lot of people who need quiet in their life. So they go into the deep woods, you know, or they go into nature. And I think everybody can relate to that. That's a certain type of speed. But interestingly enough, if you're in nature long enough and you start paying attention, it's anything but quiet. Nature's very loud, actually. <laughs> um, so, so when you go and do certain activities like skydiving or driving a fast car or skating down the street fast or running fast, getting your heart racing. I think there's a certain amount of speed that releases not only endorphins, right, into your brain, but also just a sense of focus. And it really allows you to be present, which gives you a certain clarity, a certain peace of mind. And skydiving is one of those things that did it for me the first time. And I think with uh, all the things going on in life, I just decided it was time to do that. And other than extreme things like that, you know, I, I ended up doing a lot of running, a lot of yoga, a lot of other exercises, and it's much needed, especially with all the stresses that go on in the world. So, would you say that yeah, that's... it's almost meditative, like these uh, routines that you have in your life? Um, 
That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I would say no. Hmm. I would say I, I definitely meditate with purpose if I do meditate. But when I actually do these things for clarity, if you will, or for for focus in the moment, focusing in the moment, it's almost like it's bringing me back up to speed. It's not slowing me down. It's almost like doing these things makes you think faster. Hmm. If that makes sense. <laughs> I hope that makes sense. <laughs> you seem to be very in control of your life. Like you know kind of what to expect out of yourself and even where to find yourself. It's, it's almost like you're never lost to yourself, if that makes sense. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that'd be a good summary. I like that. <laughs> like, when would you say you got to that point in your life? I think it's uh, it's a natural curiosity somewhere in childhood. So I can look back on my childhood and realize there was a very early stage of identifying that life is just going to be explored, which is very calming when you think about it that way. If you're kind of in an anxious space or you're in a area where you're frightened or fearful, I think the one thing that always calms me down is just knowing I've been here before. It's just me. And if I can't trust myself, I guess that's, see, I, I don't even go past that. It's like, I got to trust myself. <laughs> I got to make sure I'm, I'm a good person doing good things and trying my best at the things that I'm doing. And then unfortunately, the learning part usually comes through relationships with other people, okay. right? So we have a relationship with ourselves, and we have a relationship with other people. And then the only other relationship is with the world. And you can learn a lot about yourself just by sitting still or by just doing exactly what you want to do. You'll learn a lot about yourself by doing that. Um, usually it comes with pain when you learn through other people. Mm -hmm. I notice that. But for myself, I've always treated myself with very good care. And that's both mentally, physically, and spiritually. And that's really allowed me to grow. And I would love to write a life book on everything <laughs> that I've experienced. I think I think everybody should do that in their life once. Like, even if it's not a really good one, just try your best. Even go talk to a friend who can write and see if they can write it for you. Like, pay them five bucks. Like, just just get someone to write your your truest, most genuine thoughts down because even though I think most people experience the same things and that's, that comes from heartache, from pain, from love, from loss, from gain, you know, from, from getting hurt to, to winning all sorts of different angles. I think everybody has this one instant in life where it's so unique to them that if they didn't share it, how would we all know? Right. You know, some of the greatest philosophers in life just happen to be the the most thinkers who wrote the most stuff down and shared it, you know, or or explained it to people in a way that made sense. But the more I talk to individuals, there's always that golden nugget somewhere. And and it usually comes from experience. 
something that happened in their life specifically. And it, it's just, it's a beautiful thing. Anyway, I don't know if that answered your question. What was your what was the question? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I was uh, hinting towards that book of yours that you're writing. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. So I have been, it's kind of, you actually inspired me. You were one of the people that inspired me to write this book because you originally introduced me to the idea of the beacon holder, which I was like, what the mm-hmm. heck is a beacon holder? And lo and behold, um, if I'm not, if I'm correct, like beacon holders are those that carry the truth in front of them and mm-hmm. give it to everybody as much as they can without wanting anything in return. It's just, you're there to tell the truth and that is the truth. And it's, it works for everybody, right? It's not biased. Is that correct? Right. That's that kind right. Of the right saying? Yeah. So thinking of that, I was like, wow, what is my, like, what am I trying to shine on people? Cause I think it's really easy to get into ideas and businesses that you want to give people what they want. But I found out that when you just give people what you have, like the best that you have, there's always somebody, even if it's one person who gets it, who likes it and who will follow you. And with that said, um, I kind of, it was you and a couple other people started to, I swear the stars aligned with it. <laughs> like a couple people started talking about affirmations and I never heard of this. Like what the heck's an affirmation? What, what's this whole thing? <laughs> so for the last year, half year, I've been studying affirmations, trying to understand them, practicing them. And now I decided that I absolutely love this idea of, you know, there's so many different ways to say it. It's, it's words. So it's poetry or it's spell casting or it's, it's mindset or it's it's speaking the word into you know the word made flesh if you will in different different areas of life saying a lot of these really powerful statements directs and focuses your mind in the right direction that they're supposed to or that the purposes or the meaning behind the words are so i decided to create a book called i am i will I can, I know, 183 affirmations for life. And the entire book is affirmations that I've made personally, and I use them every day. So I'm still in the process of editing it, and or not editing it, but uh, f- finishing touches, copyright, all that stuff. Sure. And, and once that's complete this month, I'll release it and then share it with the world. I'm excited for people to be able to use use good language to enrich in their life and become a force for good. Because I think a lot of people have negative thoughts that I know I do sometimes all the time, right? It's not like I'm excluded. We all have negative thoughts that get jumbled around. Of course. And repetition of good self-talk, I think, is a very minimal thing that all people should be doing. So I'm very very dedicated to this book and sharing what I'm doing and I'm hoping people find it useful as well and kind of start making the world a better place within their own world, you know? Oh, absolutely. And I find that, uh, there's, although there's nothing new under the sun, no one has ever heard from you. Like 
what you use to survive, you know, 20 million people may pick up your book and be like, wow, this, this really aided me towards whatever life has to offer next, you know, like imagine, um, <laughs> I was watching something, um, someone called J. Cole, they were having like a interview and they were talking about how you should dream big, dream so big that it's almost delusional. In fact, allow it to be delusional because the only person who can think those thoughts are you, you know, and what you create from that is only yours and you protect that dream or that vision with your whole life. There was, <laughs> it's, it's really cool. Like hearing you talk, it, you're very profound. I almost wonder if you're like, you have a scientific approach to things, but you also mentioned how affirmations are essentially like words becoming flesh. Um, your words are becoming something that's actually impactful to your life. It is affecting your flesh and, and everything around it. You know, it's affirmations. <laughs> I swear by them. Um, a lot of people don't understand that you, when you get stuck in a space in your mind and your mind's in this like repetitive cycle, you need something to change that trajectory. Um, it's almost like backpedaling. You start to backpedaling with your positive affirmations to kind of give you a new beginning, like a new start towards something, if that makes sense. It does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's a, uh... It, it, it has to start somewhere and the noises we make that we translate into meaning are vibrations that we feel. So that that's why music, I'm going to jump to another topic. That's, I promise mm -hmm. it's relative. That's why music is the most popular thing in our world. It, it's the most popular thing meaning everybody knows what music is because when you hear someone sing a note or a pitch or a hum, when they, when you hear a sound, you actually physically tune in. Yes. Like you, you can't not tune in. So when you essentially make really impactful sounds and you know, the meaning behind them, they they steer you into that good purpose that's driven behind those meanings. So saying these words is kind of like singing a song. It just lifts your spirit. Right. And, and it literally actually does that. <laughs> it's, it's the same way when we hear our favorite song, we all of a sudden we start dancing. We feel good. Or we hear a sad song. We feel sad. You know, it's like, I don't know if anyone ever makes sad affirmations, but <laughs> maybe that'll be book number two. <laughs> sad, affirm angry affirmations. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's so many like positive affirmations that there's nothing that just lets you say, it's okay to be pissed off right now. It's okay to be depressed right now. Like, <laughs> it's okay to be where you are in this moment. Like, I think that would be refreshing. And if you do do that, I hope to have a signed copy of both books, please. Absolutely. I'll put you right in the front saying, you know, just <laughs> this angers for you. <laughs> I love um, the idea. You are also inspiring me going, um, how do I say, skydiving. I've been talking about it. Um, but I will say that maybe instead of skydiving, you inspired me to go to a random state that I've never gone. Um, I'm going to Maine in November. I just want to be the by the water, by the cliffs. I also hear you can see the northern lights up there, too. I need some change. Absolutely. Think about Maine. Beautiful up there. I've never been, but I've heard nothing but good things about that. 
it's also fall, so hopefully I'll catch some of the good leaves. Are you going up to just explore, or is it is it just because you've always wanted to go there? If I can is be it... honest, um, after my last podcast with you, I just kind of been in this state of evolvement where I am just allowing myself to feel, and for some odd reason, I just kind of kept dreaming about it, I guess, just being there. So I said, but might as well just go. That's how it, that's how it all starts. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. I mean, that's a good idea too, because it's not like it'll be bad. And even if it is, hey, it's better than where you're at now. <laughs> right. And it's, uh, it's not that changing scenery is going to change me exactly, but I think there's a statement of like, when you change your environment, you change yourself. Like, and maybe sometimes I need a weekend getaway to look at life through a different perspective. That sounds really nice, actually. But um, in the midst of all this, I kind of am piggybacking off of you. I also am gearing up to publish my first book. And it is called, I Think Dating is Awkward. <laughs> and um, it entails basically a lot of like personal relationship things that have maybe inspired this change in myself or something else. Um, I think even just interacting with other humans is uncomfortable and it's weird. And I don't say uncomfortable that it's like impossible to be with humans, but I think I personally struggle with reading humans in a way that I see life. If that makes sense. It does. And I would be curious, me personally, this is why it's fun talking <laughs> to you because <laughs> I, I would be, I would be very curious to know, not why, but essentially what you think it might be. Because, well, anyway, I'll, I'll let you finish and then uh, we can come <laughs> back to that. <laughs> so, so you're writing a book though. Heck yes. Congratulations. <laughs> oh, thank you, dude. Thank you. I think sometimes we reach a point in our life where it's like, I don't know what else to talk about, but I have tons to write about. Um, yes. And I think we have a lot of experiences that we go through alone and... No one else in the world is a part of that moment. No one else is a part of that profound shift within yourself. And when you write it out, your shift, your change can be someone else's survival guide. Um, it can be someone else's climb up. It can be anything. You know, it's whatever you decided in the moment that you were going to get pen to paper. Absolutely. <clears throat> and to, to go off of that too, that's why this podcasting is so great. Because when you think about it, it's just record keeping, yes. right? It, it used to be storytelling, which verbally record keeping is pretty, who knows, you know, <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're assuming most of it's accurate, but I think they've done so many tests that by the time it reaches like the 10th person, it's changed at least like a couple times or something like that, oh, you know, wow. the original story. So record keeping though, when you write it down, it's on record and these our digital record keeping now, like this podcast, it, it is really cool because I think it's so important. I think it's so important that we're doing this, especially in today's world, because a lot of people are talking gibberish, if you will. Yes. <laughs> and, it, and it needs to be put down on paper a certain way. And we're just, we're, we're at a stage in life where it's, it's easily accessible. So it's, it's a good thing. It's a good thing you're writing a book. It's a good thing you're doing this podcast. It's it's definitely 
worth every second. You have to like get to this point in your life where you uh, have to be fearless. And I guess I admire that with your personality. You always seem so strong and so willing to like approach things. But for myself, it may take me like a week to do another podcast. And it's not that anything is physically stopping me, but mentally the the worth, the who am I? What do I think I'm doing? Is this really what I want to do? Like, those are all things that begin to kind of maybe bombard my mind and make me see life as more complicated than it actually is. Mm. And in being in those spaces, kind of where you have to hit rock bottom, you find yourself climbing back up. And as you climb back up and you see your situation differently, you're like, man, did it really have to stay like that? Did I have to stay in that position? Maybe I really can do anything I want to do. Maybe I can be fearless and talk about things that make other people uncomfortable. You know, like, let's talk about my discomfort. What makes me feel this or that? And I think that's why my book idea came up. I I personally struggled with dating as a whole. You know, finding people that are even compatible to myself. You know, I love talking about (laughs) how do I say quantum physics and the stars and just astrology as a whole and some people talk about Starbucks (laughs) I don't know how to talk about Starbucks when you're (laughs) talking about the universe (laughs) I don't know how to exist there (laughs) that's a really good point because yeah, com- compatibility is an interesting word that I think 99.99% of everybody I've ever talked to mentions. And I rarely use that word. I, I, I'll use it because I kind of understand what people are going after, but I, I, don't, I don't necessarily think it's a good word that people nowadays should use because they don't understand it, right? Okay. So, so compatibility, I think people, people look at compatibility kind of like a puzzle piece, like, oh, you don't fit, you know, and it's interesting because the more you grow as a person, the more you start to realize how big the universe is and how different people are right. and you start to coexist within cultures. You start to find out how to get in different economies if you will or uh, not economies but you 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 expand your your horizon if you will with people and compatibility is just that it's actually the acceptance of of people's differences as well as like the similarities are easy right like for instance you don't you don't like talking about starbucks but if i mention you know if i mentioned relationships you'd probably be able to talk two more hours on relationships because okay. you're reading a book about it right <laughs> So we would be like, oh my God, like in a scenario, we could be like, we're so compatible because we both like talking about relationships. But then as soon as I go, oh man. So anyway, Starbucks, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's like, see, that's, that's not, that's not necessarily an incompatibility. That's your, it's your uh, limit or your boundary to say, that's not what I want to exert my energy into. Okay. And so when people get into relationships with, we could say random people, if you will, because that's kind of what a first date is all like, you know, you don't know the person, 
you're signing up for the exploration of compatibility. So you're for if you end up being with someone for the rest of your life, that one person, right? Okay. It really takes two to tango. It takes two to figure out the steps of the dance. It takes two people to figure out the capability or compatibility differences and similarities. And that's what creates a stronger relationship. Now, some people don't like going that far and I don't blame them because it's freaking hard, (laughs) (laughs) right? Because you learn someone does literally talk about Starbucks all freaking day. it sucks (laughs) it's like who wants to who why would you want to do that it's like i don't know i i don't know why you would or wouldn't me personally though like i think that's where it's kind of interesting i I find every relationship i've ever been in the first the first rule i always set is this just keeps going on forever until someone really doesn't want it to but i always come in with the attention of i'm gonna learn so much that's good and bad that it's like it could for me it can just keep going i don't mind really yeah that is a very interesting approach i don't know if i have like um i wouldn't necessarily call it like avoidant attachment but i will i give everyone 90 days you have 90 days to kind of explore that compatibility if you will um i highly recommend no sex and just solely getting to understand the person on a emotional level because i am very sapiosexual so i can only find like um any further connection any intimate connection with emotional connection first um so that kind of allows me to test like people are capable of and um if they're able to kind of like not be so surface level or, you know, you shouldn't have to just bed someone to know that you want to spend the rest of your life with them. It's, it's all about in how you interact together as a team. Even um, dating for me is I have a long-term goal. My goal is to be married. My goal is to be with this person for X amount of years, you know, but if I find that there is no compatibility or like I am talking about Starbucks all day, then I find that, that doesn't, it, it would turn me into a bad partner. It, it really would. I wouldn't be able to connect with them if I want to talk about the stars and they want to talk about Starbucks. And there's no change in that. Like, if there's only Starbucks and no idea to Orion's belt, like, then I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's interesting, too, you say that because so you're high your high priority is intellectual exploration and absolutely and um what was i gonna say intellectual we'll just say intellectual (laughs) you like intellect and -hmm. the funny thing about intellect is it's never ending so your focus and your goal and your sense of adventure and potentially romance is lying in your partner's ability to continue down that path with you and that that creates purpose when you find the right relationship so when you find someone whose purpose and goal is to talk about starbucks which god bless that person like maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe the ceo of starbucks like they, that guy's got it going on you know <laughs> but but let's just face it like he's his he's he's probably going to talk about starbucks all day even though he's a billionaire it's it's still not a 
similar path of intellect that you're talking about. So to find someone who's, how would I put it? Who can match you on that same line, parallel line, I guess, you you know, running next to you. Mm -hmm. It doesn't require too much. Um, Are you familiar with like feminine and masculine energies? Yes, of course. Yeah. So, so it, we still have to be people first. So even if we didn't talk to each other, if people didn't talk to each other, right? So no one talked about Starbucks, no one talked about the universe, you would still have to have basic guidelines of behavior. Sure. And the masculine and feminine energies covered that. But since that's already covered for the most part, I think in today's world, we're kind of more intellectual driven anyway. Finding the purpose within the intellect that you want to talk about and discuss, that's probably where 99% of, I'm only guessing, your relationships, because I definitely know my relationships are fall under that category too that have ended, where people aren't going by the basics. They're ending relationships based off of the projection out into something that doesn't exist yet, which is intellectually speaking, the thing you aren't willing to change. Hmm. And I totally agree with that (laughs) because it's, it's so much better when you find someone who's already decided they're going to, in your case, be an intellect. It just makes it so much easier. And then it allows for that simple adventure and romance to play together without um, too much breakdown and all that. So it makes me sit back and think like, am I too intellectual? Do I not let anyone have room to um, play per se? Like, do I even have fun if I only expect someone to be intellectual? If I only find myself wanting to fall in love with your mind opposed to the basics, like, is that necessarily like a reflection of myself? Mm. Well, one thing I always have a conversation with almost everybody I've ever talked to, <laughs> and this is not, this is kind of goes into directly what you just said. I always, for simplicity, just simplicity. So listeners, it's not, uh, <laughs> I'm not calling people this, but mm-hmm. I always compare people to dogs, like a dog breed, right? Okay. So people can understand dog breeds. So there's, there's what, like a thousand dog breeds or... I don't know how many actually, but um, there's enough to where if I asked you, what's your favorite dog? You'd be like, you know, a Husky or a Beagle or a Great Dane or a, well, what's your, what's your favorite dog? (laughs) 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 All right. I do do like cats, but I was going to definitely say a cat first. Okay. Yeah. And I agree. I I actually love cats. I'm a cat and dog guy, but um, a pit bull. See see how easy that was to just say a pit bull. Why not? You know, not, not a big decision but it's a pit bull so pit bulls are not chihuahuas but do you know how many people like chihuahuas so when you get into relationships with people you actually don't notice it right away but you're on a first date with a type of person and they may be hiding it kind of well because let's face it like dogs a dog's a dog they're still gonna you know want a belly rub they're still gonna want (laughs) to play catch it's kind of fun 
you know, especially if they're open. Um, a person can be very, very open right away. But then as soon as you start really paying attention to its nature, to a person's nature, meaning their personality, their likes, their dislikes, um, that goes back to this compatibility, the differences and the similarities. I always tell people just, just, just for simplicity, look at like what kind of breed of dog are you dealing with? You know, if you're dealing with a pit bull, they, they do require certain, you're not going to be running 20 miles with them. At least I don't think, maybe I actually don't know anything about pit bulls. Sorry. <laughs> <But> <laughs> totally fine. They're, they're not going to be the most agile dog. I know that. Right. Right. They're not going to be like huskies pulling sleds. So when you go on dates with these people, when you get in relationships with these people, they are by their own, you know, culture, by their own upbringing, by their own choices, they've, they're signing on to a specific breed of life, if you will. Sure. So if you don't take that into account, it can get really, really messy. And it's, I, I've, I've gotten pretty good at figuring that out right away. And in your case, like looking for an intellect, it's like, you know, right away when someone's not intellectual, but ironically, because you're intellectual, you have the capacity to still learn more about that type of person than probably in the reverse. Like if they want to learn more about you, they probably, it'd be like, you know, what's that saying? Smart people sound dumb to dumb people and dumb people <laughs> sound, or it's a, oh, what's that saying? It's like when smart people talk to dumb people, they sound stupid. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. So it yeah, kind of inspired so. me. Like, um, I am currently running a 90 day trial with someone and maybe they aren't exactly intellectual, but they do affect me emotionally where I am. I always say I'm the king of my own castle. So I am always very gung-ho, very in control, very knowing what to do next. I just about write my life down on a piece of paper. <clears throat> and when someone says that, they just kind of live life in this moment and they go with what's going on now. They're not the person that plans for the future necessarily too much. They don't try to allow the uh, speed of life to get them overwhelmed they stay where they are I found myself kind of captivated with that pace I still I think I worry, worry about my inner Edgar Allan Poe where I just have to have my own where I just have to know everything I have to uh, understand the fabrics of the universe I have to ask myself is that a deal breaker am I a deal breaker to someone else because I'm always in my mind and not present, you know, it's a lot of things that I kind of consider in this new age. And I, quite frankly, I think that's why dating is awkward. I'm not in the bars or in the clubs. I'm not partying. I don't really care for it. I'm reading Atomic Habits and trying to learn how to be the next millionaire. How Love do you that date one. that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, well, how do you marry it is the bigger question. Facts. How do you marry it? How do you marry something like someone? Um, the the simple answer to that is you have to become that person that would marry or that would be married to that. So I think a lot of people 
I'm just going to go back to the to the dog metaphor real fast. So if you want to get a, I'm trying to think of a specific breed that makes sense. Um, what are those little like wiener dog wiener dogs, right? Dash hounds. Uh, Dash hounds. Lord knows, I'm so sorry to dog fans, but I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Neither do I. I just, I just, I just know that the uh, there's certain breeds of dogs that have uh, they have muscle issues, right, because of their shape. Sure. Yeah. So if you were to go out into the dating market and say, "I just want to find someone," and then you find this cute little wiener dog. <laughs> Or dash out, <laughs> you know, and it's like it's great at first because, like all dogs, you get attention, you get you, everything's really good. But then, as soon as you find out the needs of that, it's like, are you that type of person to care for that type of dog? Are you that type of person to care for that type of person? Because there are workaholics, there are, you know, a popular word that's going around is like narcissists, right? Yeah, There's right. Popular. <laughs> There's popular terms like control freaks. There's popular terms like masculine or feminine. And the truth is, is that people possess these things, but there's like a dog breed. There's always someone who, there's always someone who likes tea kettle chihuahuas, you know, and someone who's like, that's not a real dog. So once you learn what you're willing to take care of, that person shows up that individual on the other side kind of reveals himself and it's usually in the shape of um precision oh my gosh that's so sweet it's like okay maybe i am typically a pit bull person but i hear that golden retrievers are very loyal and loving and kind and they're very like protective of their families and it might blow the whole pit bull idea out of the water because i found something more suitable to my actual desires opposed to like apparently everyone in 2023 wants to marry a rich person you know <laughs> well, like... and, and who doesn't it's but but you're but i like where you're going with that that's you're, you're spot on because you, it's not that you you basically learn what will make you even happier than being a pit bull owner of course because you learn what you're willing to take care of and Believe me, if you get a, what was it? A, a golden, golden retriever. retriever. Yeah. Oh, they're lovely. They're like the friendliest dogs ever. <laughs> it's great. And, and see, and you know what? What could be better than that once you get there? That's the coolest part. So people think going out and dating is about discovering a person, but a lot of it's gut instinct. You'll know if you know yourself more than when you go out on a date and try to figure out the other person, you're guaranteed to find that. 10 out of 10 relationship a lot faster because you're not going to put up with things you just don't truly desire and want. And I think a lot, you know, most people don't know what they, they really truly desire and want, it's almost which is why scary. they should read your book. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I think my book's definitely going to make people cry, but <laughs> it, I guess it really is my intention. I want people to feel like there's so much more depth to falling in love with someone. And even first and foremost, you have to, acknowledge yourself as a person and fall in love with who you are and what you are only ever going to be capable of. Like Mm. staying, 
Yeah, you know, like um, you were saying the dash hounds, like there's certain breeds of animals that were made and they have certain ailments through life just because they are this animal. So uh, to use that example, like I've had trauma in my life <clears throat> and I feel like once you've had trauma, you're kind of stained in certain spaces in your life, but you are still able to be acclimated to life. You're still able to be like a civilian. You can do things, but you will always have like a, a certain deficit, I'd like to say. And... Um, coming from that deficit for myself to rebuild and become a human again or uh, to accept that I am this breed of dog <laughs> that um, I can only have what I think I can have what I think I deserve I can have if that makes sense like well it'll it'll make it a hell of a lot easier <laughs> if you just <laughs> if you go where where you know it makes the most sense you know, based off of what you know, taking that next step. And, and if, if you're not, if you're not, I don't want to say a hundred percent sure, but if you're not very, very convinced, we'll just say very, very convinced. If you're not very, very convinced of what you, it is, you just definitely want to do, then it's okay to, you know, go, go dive into a random person's life and see, see how much you can learn. How much you can and how much and you know obviously staying safe and all that you know you don't have to give up too much but you do want to still explore as much as you can in a safe manner of course i think uh for me in 2023 healthy relationships are very key um i find that if in the very least someone can't be direct in, com in communication then that is uh personally it's something that is a turn off you know if you can't speak your needs and say what you uh, say how you feel and let someone know what that means. You know, no guessing games. I'm 30 and I go to bed at 10 o'clock. Like I don't have that time. <laughs> I just don't. Um, and... Well, what's interesting <laughs> too is I, I like that you said that. So like, so this, this will be a cool little plot twist um, as we're coming up on the hour here. So like right now, currently I'm going through a, a really deep heartbreak. Like no one would ever know. Like I've, I've come off a relationship and it is detrimental. It's, it's heartbreaking. A uh, beautiful woman, great mind, great soul, great everything. And it ended, but it didn't end completely. What happened is in my soul or in my heart or in my mind, I just want the best for that person. So there is no... There's no ownership, right? I think ownership comes when you have two people who want ownership to each other. And I think everybody wants that, but they don't really, they never, re some people just really don't take the time to realize that you want to own that type of breed of dog, right? Because did sure. you know the medicine that comes with it? Do you know the care? Like, do you realize how much exercise you're gonna have to do? You know, people people are just happy to get the attention. They're happy to be in relationships and it's all fine. And my last relationship here was for me personally detrimental because I'm always 100% authentic upfront, right? Like I'm, I'm going after marriage. I'm going after a relationship built on masculine, feminine energy and a lot of other boundaries. Right. So for this type of relationship to end, ending is the heartbreak right because it's like ah 
<laughs> it's like it wasn't a waste but it was like that would have been really cool if it would have just been the one <laughs> you know sure, the one where two people were actually wanting to do the tango but when one person discovers within that a period of time that they never really want to do the tango they never really wanted this breed of dog it's like okay i i respect that i completely respect that it's like and the relationship ends and then you learn how to accept the faster you learn how to accept accept that the faster you get to move on and get one step closer to that person so instead of going back to those areas where those per where that type of person is i'm going to get even closer to that more specific area. So like you said, trauma, right? Right. A specific trauma. Find someone who can relate because that's never going away. And and how do you find that? Well, you still have to, you got to go on those first dates, you know? Like you said, the 90 days, that's a good thing. I would even drop it down to like two weeks if that was me, but <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> oh yeah, it's like, it, I mean, but see, that's, that's where your, it, it really comes down to what you, who you are as a person. Like I, I personally am that type of person where people, I realize people don't tell their story up front. It does take a while. Some people take yep. five years to tell their story. Some people some people will tell you on the first date and you're like, okay, well, <laughs> bye. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but honestly, like I still think those people, like I, I'll actually, I've had so many first dates where they sit and talk for six hours straight about everything. And even though I realize, like, okay, that's not for me, I, I'm so happy for those people. I wish they would do that every time. I wish it was mm -hmm. always like that. I wish people could be that vulnerable up front. It would save everyone time. It would save everyone guessing. It would really just show you what you want. And I think people are afraid to be themselves. And um, every relationship I've ever gotten into, I've done that. And it's, it's, it's worked out every single time on the first time. Just being open, honest. And then just kind of talking like how we're talking. It's just, it's just about exploring those realities that do matter they matter to the person across from you and they matter to yourself so the more you can get that out or i should say the faster you can get that out the better chance you have at realizing this is definitely the relationship you want to be in or realizing yeah we should definitely wish each other the best and cheer from a distance you know okay <laughs> so i um i really like your perspective when you were <clears throat> talking about uh, your experience with dating, you know, sometimes you kind of realize, like, do I really have what it takes to kind of maintain this breed of dog, per se? And not that we were incapable of. I think that life just has its own ideas, honestly. I think that after all of my many failed relationships, I've bought on some type of something going forward, whether it's learning how to skip rocks from that one X or maybe I knew the sound of this bird because the way they pointed it out, you know, there's something that comes with you. There's memories, there's the journey after them. I think the heartbreak part is like you're saying, it's, it's hard to kind of go through, but I appreciate the time that you take in it, knowing that you get to actually save other person 
respect what you did do with this person, wishing them the best in their life and understanding where you were different at. But it's a beautiful thing in itself still that you still pick up your heart and you go for the next time with different expectations. And you kind of made me think, you know, like, I'm so used to one way and I'm stuck in this way, but imagine dating for me was what I least expected, what I didn't think would actually interest me, what I didn't assume I'd fall in love with. Like, what if dating was magical and out of my control for once? Being able to be surprised again, not being so smart that you guess what someone else is thinking or doing. It's when you get complacent. Sometimes yes. I'm too smart for love. <laughs> I, I have been in one of those relationships where she was PhD. Uh, I guess I, I don't want to go into too many details with it, but definitely up there. And I noticed that as well, too. It was like, it almost seemed like she was always 10 steps ahead. <laughs> and it's it was because she overthought everything. But the funny part was I also overthink everything. So I was like 20 steps ahead. I just didn't tell her. <laughs> but it, it, it worked really well for two years um, in terms of interpersonal connection. But it, it was it was a disaster with everything else. So you really have to have the... Uh, you really have to be willing to, I guess, just be transparent as much as possible. Of course. And I think... Um... As we approach our ending, like <sighs> getting old is complicated, but I think all the more complicated is not knowing what you want out of this life, not knowing what you even want to strive for, like not having a passion for anything. I think that is one of the greatest injustices for yourself. Mm. You should explore and do whatever it is. Even if you fall and get knocked back down, get back up. You're not dead. Absolutely. In terms of relationships, if someone else doesn't turn out to be the one, you just got to hug yourself and say, welcome back me and keep working <laughs> on yourself. The next person will be waiting for you. But you always got to be excited to be by yourself or be with someone else. Those are two Wonderful people. I actually love that. And I'm going to use that on my Facebook right after this. You know, like, welcome back me. Exactly. <laughs> I love I, it's 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 the best feeling when you know what you, when you know who you are and what you like, because you get to go do those things for yourself. And that's good. Absolutely. And I thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, I really love the perspectives you give and something that I kind of We'll go to bed tonight going, damn, I should really consider the breed of dogs I'm after. <laughs> what kind of owner you want to be? Because you're intellectual. You're probably, yeah. Yeah. What kind if of you're, owner do I want to be? If you're that smart, you'll probably be training a lot. <laughs> well, good luck to you, my friend. Thank you, Candace, and thank you for having me back on for a second podcast. Hopefully we do more in the future. Of course. I'll see you around.